0: Welcome to Indie Game Business, where you'll learn to navigate the industry with ease. This show is produced by The Powell Group, the leading business consulting firm in the game industry. Visit us online at indiegame.business to get your free pass to our next digital event coming December 8th, 9th, and 10th, where you'll have more great sessions you can participate in for free and inexpensive passes to our industry-leading digital business to business meeting system also make sure to donate to extra life we've got a link down below in the description or you can even join the indie game business extra life team that link is down in the description as well here we go indie game business
1: Hey everyone, I'm Rosie and I'm with Indie Game Business and today I'm with Victoria from Innerslots and she's going to tell you
2: guys a little bit about herself. Hello, I'm super excited to be here. Uh, I'm Victoria Trent, I'm the Community Director at Innerslots. Uh, We're called Among Us and also the Henry Stickmin Collection and I'm also the co-organizer for a uh, game developers of color group called Game and Color. Uh, and previously I was the Communications Director at Kitbox Games. All right, that was a slightly long intro. <laughs> no, it was perfect.
1: I loved it. Okay, so I just had a few questions. Um, to begin, so before you were at Sloth, as you mentioned just now, you were at Kit Fox for three years. We had the opportunity to build communities around games from the concept stage four. When you moved to Innersloth, it was shortly after the populated explosion of Among Us. So I'd love if you could just talk us through the first few weeks and what were the biggest obstacles you had were how did you tackle those?
2: Oh my goodness, so many. Okay, so many many obstacles. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so Among Us as it was kind of like at peak popularity, uh, which presented a ton of challenges as many would expect, but it's also the thing where I think the Inner Sloth team in general wasn't expecting Among Us to uh, blow up so quickly Mm -hmm. and so fast and like two years after it had already released. Um, But I think the biggest problems that I've found when it came to uh, the Among Us community is one, just like the sheer scale and saturation of Among Us. Um, It has definitely reached a certain level of pop culture uh, that... Is very, is very like new to a lot of people and to us definitely. Um, and being able to really get a handle on that and see how people are talking about it um, and seeing how people are playing it. And also, you know, making sure our servers aren't overloaded which is really difficult. Just yeah. this morning I was handling a server overload. So, so there's that. Um, and just like the sheer scale and the sheer like amount of people playing means that it's very difficult to potentially like you know push updates or to um, work on things because you just have so many people playing uh, that it becomes a bit of a problem and on the community side it's like you know just getting a handle of what's going on um, and being able to um, better and dreaming up ways of uh, helping them connect with each other so for example like in our discord at the time when I joined we had 700,000 members and regularly the bots that would you know help with censoring and help with moderation would break like, quite frequently just because there's just so much going on um so really having to take on like all the problems was definitely like kind of the biggest challenge of sheer scale uh for joining InnerSloth and Among Us. Wow
1: that yeah that sounds like so much to take on but it seems like you did an, an amazing job at that. Thank you. Um, so in in um, relation to the community, how has the
2: Among Us community been instrumental in the popularity of the game? In basically everything. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, as with any game, whether it's single player or multiplayer, and, you know, especially with multiplayer, um, I do because I speak from a community direct experience kind of thing, mm-hmm. Um. comes not only just like you know financial success of people playing a game and you know people talking about it and spreading the word it's also just a lot of a lot of like motivation I guess like it's one of yeah where as you work on games you can be really caught up in the moment and like like and like how much it has meant to them and um having a community behind us and such a like a kind and supportive one has been really helpful in like helping Innersleth helping me in terms of like whether or not they're finding bugs or just finding words of encouragement it's really important
1: yeah um I'm sure you wake up every single day just tons and tons of notifications from <laughs> the community if I'm among us which can probably be just so sweet too at the same time so, um, it is, it is <laughs> yeah. So, we saw that you had the chance to play the game with AOC and other notable politicians during the last campaign. How did that come about, and how did you um, build that into the existing community of the
2: game? Yeah, it was that was a weird thing. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, the thing about um AOC playing the game, um, and a lot of you know, like wonderful politicians, um was that it was very unexpected and it wasn't planned that was definitely (laughs) a thing that we were not expecting and that we didn't really it was one of those things where like one day like AOC was just like this Among Us game seems cool and we're like hmm (laughs) our game oh no (laughs) so uh it's just it's basically been just like kind of taking it in stride and going along. Um, I can't say that there was anything super definite just because it wasn't something that we planned for, Uh, but it is something that we're really, um, that we were honored that they decided to do.
1: Yeah. How was that experience? I feel like
2: that's so, that would have been so
1: cool to do it
2: was very cool i was very nervous i could not yeah. play our game i was like sweating i was like yeah. i was like trying to play the game and like trying to do tasks and basically it's our own game i've played the game i like right. forgot how to do our own tasks in the game i was just like and I yeah. at one point i was the imposter and i was like i don't want to murder anyone. i'm too scared to do this anyways it was great
1: yeah um yeah so with that how has twitter contributed to the
2: success of among us Ooh a lot i think um i think it's it It's not, I I would say that like in terms of success, it depends on what you mean by success, right? So Mm -hmm. um, social media isn't actually super great for, in terms of like conversion. I don't think that is what social media is necessarily for. It's more for engaging with the community, um, building your brand and really um, kind of getting your voice out there. Uh, So in terms of like success for Among Us, I think it's been very useful uh, in order to keep people interested to, keep people talking and to honestly just build that connection with our community. Um, I think it's really cool that we have such a large community, but I would feel really remiss if I wasn't able to like interact with them and to be able to get a sense of um, what they liked and what they didn't like. Uh, So for me, it was just really important for us to have Twitter for retention and not necessarily just growth.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I think, popped on the Twitter um a few years ago and then when I first started playing Among Us it was like the easiest way to get connected to the community was through the Twitter um and -hmm. then eventually in other aspects but it was super helpful. Um so oh like along with Twitter when was it important to stop focusing on the growth of the community and start solidifying the current community that you had?
2: Among Us is definitely in a very privileged position where actually well The when they needed to focus on growth, that was when they released the game in like 2018, (laughs) Mm -hmm. right? So game for that was the growth period. That was like, all right, we're going to like try to, you know, do all the indie game things that you normally do to get discoverability and all that. And I think in like January, 2020, they were like, all right, we're done. We're done with the game. We're going to move on. We're going to make a new game such as the life of indie studios um, when they've moved on. Uh, And then the interesting thing about Among Us is that it kind of just became big and like when something becomes big it doesn't actually like hit you as it's happening it hits you like right after when the game like really blew up and like really gained traction um that was when they realized oh oh (laughs) this is happening right now um and there's like a lot of business decisions that need to happen um but I, am in a, I understand I'm in my own privileged position of being able to just, like from the start of my job, my worry hasn't been growth, it's been retention and it's been sustainability.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, how do you keep those um, retention rates stable?
2: Yeah, that's all part of like the whole community engagement, um, whether that is on social, whether that is on a discord, whether um, it's with like merch that we're putting out, Every little thing is honestly just part of it. But I think the best part for us um, is I think just interacting with the community and keeping in contact with them and trying to be transparent with them um, and explain our situation. It is definitely a little bit of a challenge since, you know, we're right now currently only a team of five. So we are doing a ton of things. But yeah. within that, um, we get to interact with the much more. Um, and I think that's where a lot of the sustainability and engagement comes from is just them knowing that they can talk directly to us.
1: Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, that communication is so important especially like you were saying earlier I'm sure among the servers sometimes you're just like overcrowded and like that's when you go to Twitter and you're like, oh, is this happening for anybody else too? Um, Mm -hmm. That's so important. Um, What other platforms are the most important to a community of this size?
2: So many, <laughs> so many platforms. Um, yeah. Right now, I would say, since I'm like working on sustainability and all that and kind of reaching where we can, um, for us, our audience is a bit young. Um, I've been working on TikTok for Among Us, which is actually, it's interesting because a lot of people are like, wow, the Twitter is like doing really well. The TikTok has a bigger following. The TikTok is the one that, uh, is getting." of views and a lot of comments like that kind of thing uh so there's that there's also the discord obviously um the devlogs that we put on itch.io is very uh, having places that people can reach us uh, is pretty great um we do have a facebook uh but if anyone has ever oh god i hope no one from facebook is watching if anyone has ever (laughs) interacted with me they know i'm kind of like i don't really like facebook but that's a whole other conversation yeah yeah, I definitely, Um, I
1: think I was reading and I saw that Facebook and Instagram were the least um, used social media platforms for Among Us. Is that true?
2: Yeah. Um, I mean, there's like a number of reasons for that. There's definitely, like there is use and I'm not saying like, you know, you shouldn't use Facebook at all, but it's just like yeah. one is like personal preference. um, And also two, I just, I am the one person working like social right. media and also like a lot of communication. So I have to basically just try and focus find- um, I think it's like right now that's Twitter, Discord, TikTok. Yes,
1: yeah. I mean, that's amazing. TikTok has really grown, so I'm um, definitely understanding why you guys are use, choosing to use that. Um, so when you are like on TikTok and on Twitter and on all your social media platforms, um, talking to the community, how do you choose what comments or posts to respond to, and how do you set boundaries of like, hey, like this is the weekend, I'm not going to respond to anything this weekend or hey like this is like a rest day like how i'm not going to respond to anything today either
2: yeah so the way that i kind of do it is it's like a mix of my own values and my own like however i'm feeling at the time right so in general uh there's sort of like a how do I put it? Um, uh, like, there's a voice, right? There's a voice that I've attached to Among Us and to Inner Sloth um, in general, in terms of the way we communicate with our community. Um, and I've basically, when I, whenever I create any sort of social media voice or whatever, um, I always, I don't necessarily list out the qualities it is, but I do list out my own values um, for this for myself all that kind of thing. And I make sure it's sustainable for myself. Uh, so for Among Us, it was definitely like a little bit more um, wholesome, more positive and mm-hmm. like a little, I guess, but it was a little spicy sometimes. <laughs> so I guess is the word yeah. I would use. Um, but you know, it's just, it's, very much something that I wanted to make sure that I could sustain myself that wouldn't exhaust me um, and that I felt was a positive direction for the community especially because I think Among Us has um, a younger audience and because Mm -hmm. um, I personally just want to be able to grow kinder communities and to grow better ones and to have them um, be ideally like more kind to each other and more understanding like that was kind of the voice that I went for Um, there's like you know there's a lot of different ways you could do it there's studios that use very snarky voices, which it works for them, which is great. There's other studios who are like a little more artistic or very in theme with their game. Um, and I think that's also amazing. Um, but for me, like the one that really generated the most excitement for me was to be like, okay, how can I try to be um, kind and a little bit silly and a little bit chaotic, um, but keep it within the boundaries of trying to educate people and trying to make them understand, like this is the way that you should be talking to um, any sort of like social media person, especially because you can often forget that there is a person behind the screen.
1: Right, yeah, especially with a younger demographic as well. Because mm-hmm. um, I think many times you think of games and you don't always realize that the person behind the screen could be, you know, 10 or 12, so that's mm-hmm. such an important aspect to um, including your marketing. So, I think you mentioned before um, Among Us came out in 2018 so it really did fly under the radar for around two years or so. Um, What were the marketing slash communication strategies before you came on board and what changes did you make when you were um, part of the team?
2: So I think that's an interesting misconception about Among Us is that it wasn't like it was unknown necessarily as a game. Um, It did find moderate like not like crazy success but it it was it did fine in Korea it did fine in Brazil and that was kind of where their player base was um so it's not so the game itself um wasn't like just totally not there it's just that North America or like the I guess like other western countries had not picked up on it um so in terms of like the marketing efforts for that they did I think what a lot of like you know indie devs here with like you know giving streamers keys um trying to apply for events I think they didn't get into packs to unfortunately um but like and I'm not I'm not saying that they have used themselves but they didn't do that much marketing um, and that would that had been one of their weaker points. Um, so it was definitely um, not much I would say was done in terms of marketing and PR. Um, yeah. but they did their best. And I think they they obviously did well overseas. Um and then right. 2020 happened. <laughs>
1: yeah. Um so when you came on, what was like the first thing that you were, like, hey, like we
2: need to do this to, you know, um,
1: retain our community or we need to do this so that we can communicate with our community.
2: Mm-hmm. Um Oh God, there's so many things. So one of the things is that I can say something. Hey, we really need this, but it still takes time to do. So mm-hmm. the first thing, and this is not something new to them. Like they obviously also knew that they needed this. Um, but our highest priority was like, all right, we need to get a like really robust moderation reporting system in the game. Um, that is something that's very important for me in terms of you know creating better communities and kinder ones, and also keeping them accountable and. For inner slot too, but it's one thing to say it like, "Hey, we need this immediately," and another thing to try and implement it, uh, especially when like you know, five hundred million people are playing the game currently. Right. Uh, so, but that was that was one of the bigger things. Um, and then uh, the I think within three days of me joining, I did launch. Long- Among Us official Twitter account, just so I could have like a back and forth with people and have a place where I could uh, genuinely talk to them and explain to them things were happening. So that was kind of like the first things I did.
1: Yeah. Um, Wow. That's, yeah, it's a lot to do. Um, And like I said, like you're the following in the community that is built is so solid. So it shows that you've done an amazing job at doing that. Um, Thank you. So, core inner sloth consists of five people, like you mentioned before. Um, how does this affect communication between the teams? Does it make it easier? Is it harder because you're only communicating with five people? Um, and how does that affect the increased trust that you um, place among team members?
2: Yeah. Um, sorry. Wait. What was the last part of that question?
1: How does that, like, the small community or team that you do like core work with, uh, affect the increased trust amongst the team members? Because, of course. Um, you have to be able to trust each other a lot, considering there's only right. um, five of you.
2: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um. It's actually interesting. So having five people means it's a bit easier, a bit easier and harder at the same time to get answers. Because, like, if I have a problem, if for example in the morning the servers were down, I'm like, well, I'm to CEO slash programmer, and it's like, hey, I need help. <laughs> it's like, why is this? Um, so I can get an immediate answer. Um, That Mm -hmm. being said, because we're only five people, often like all of us are kind of just busy doing something else. Maybe someone's in a meeting, maybe I'm in an interview. Uh, There could be like, you know, several that need someone's immediate attention. So then you're like, okay, I have to wait until they're ready and then I'll get my answer. Um, So there's kind of like that weird mix of having to like getting that immediate response, getting that vacation but also kind of having to wait for them uh that being said I think when you're when you are a small team on people and like this that's when like the not saying that no if you're a big team and hiring someone isn't important so scratch that I'm saying (laughs) that when you're when you are a small team um because you often do things and because a lot of roles are like interconnected um it -hmm. is like there's a definite uh, need to be able to one have a really good culture fit that you can right. work with each other. Um, I find that to be, you know, no matter what studio size, to be one of the biggest, most important things. Um, and yeah, so I would say that's that's kind of the thing for us.
1: Yeah. So um, that's all the questions I have prepared, but I'd love to go through like the comments and just ask some of those questions that we have there. Um, so one of the questions is, do you have an emergency budget in advice for programmers who want to work as freelancers with no
2: portfolio? Sorry, an emergency budget? Yeah. Did I hear that right? Yeah. Okay, wait. Okay. So, oh, I see, I see. Um, an emergency budget? As in, like, I see, and I'm not super sure. As in like, okay, so advice for programmers who want to work as freelance with no portfolio. I'm not sure where the emergency budget comes in. I'm assuming it's like, it's something about money. Anyways, I'm not a programmer. I can't honestly really say, but I do know uh, that what is important for a lot of people is that they want to see that you've actually made a game. Um, I think that was a question from the last session. Yeah, I guess I just
1: <laughs> I think it just came in. I don't know. <laughs> Okay. All good. Next question is um, what do you think is the most important part about maintaining an active
2: online community? So many things. The most important about maintaining an active online community. Um it depends. Again, so many of my answers will be it depends, right? So what do you consider what are you talking about when it when you're talking about maintaining an active online community? Um, is it that for me the most important part is that you're growing the community in a positive um, direction and when I talk about that I mean they only um, you know just nice and the members are the ones who are advocates for you who are like hey like someone comes in with a question they can they can help or they're like very open and they're very understanding um, and they want to see you Um, those are the community members that kind of throughout like several games and they're like kind of the long-term that uh are very helpful in terms of being community members um but like most important part like what should you be doing in order to do this um mm-hmm. it's for me just being present within the community and being the kind of role model that you want to see because however you interact with community like they will automatically see that as being like you know canon and the way that the devs want you to talk to them so yeah. yeah. hope I answered that.
1: Um, I think it was a great answer. So what is your advice on building, building communities before a game is launched?
2: Ah, a million dollar question. Yeah. <laughs> every indie wants to know that, every indie. Um, <laughs> so this is very difficult, depends on your resources, the kind of game you have, um, the audience or may not have already built. I would say that one of the most important things for a game is that you need to have something that people get excited for. Like, I really want to build a community, but I haven't launched a trailer. I haven't talked about the game. There's no store page. I have nothing. I have some work in progress gift. And that's not enough, right? So when you build a community strategy, often like you can save things for like when you do have a big trailer, when you're waiting for a big event in order to reveal your game. Really um, building your strategy and your game to make that like, when it is ready to be announced in its best possible form, whether that's on a Kickstarter or somewhere else, uh, that you have the resources and that you have the kind of progress for that. But it is very contextual, and I wish I could answer it within like 30 seconds, but I know we have a lot of questions.
0: Are you looking for a publisher for your game? Well, we have something special just for you. It's the most comprehensive listing of pc console and mobile publishers in the industry over 700 companies sorted by platform with links to their websites you can get the list at www.powellgroupconsulting.com slash publisher list and you can get it for free check it out
1: So um with that, the next question is with such a small team, what do you keep in-house and what do you look to other companies or freelancers to help
2: with? Yep, yeah, so most like the core like programming of the game in-house. So we have two programmers right now of the game designer in-house. Well, the co-founders are one, a programmer and two, a game designer and artist. We keep like the in-game things to ourselves. The things that uh, we ask other help for, like freelancers or other companies, is porting, uh, business development, um, handling merch. Those are things that we have outsourced. Oh, and customer support. Uh, I am in-house and I am a permanent employee because one of the most important things, like especially for a game this big, is to have someone who deeply understands the community and is invested because they're at you Uh, it's very important to have someone uh in the community
1: yeah um this is a funny question how do you not have a heart attack in our bi team (laughs) yeah (laughs) when your two-year-old game suddenly has millions of
2: new players seemingly overnight (laughs) they basically had several heart attacks at this right (laughs) um but i think the thing it's like so the thing is is I think that's what's so amazing about games, right, is that you don't get into games like, this is guaranteed I'm going to make several million thousand dollars, million thousand do- <laughs> dollars, dollars um, once I release this indie game. Uh, more often than not, it's kind of like, I really hope that I make back the money that I put into this. Mm. Um, so, like, when uh, Marcus and Forrest, like, co-founded the studio, like, they obviously were doing it because they love games, and Marcus had been making games since high school. So this has just been something that he's always wanted to do. Um, so, and also like when you have a game that has is over, technically you could be like, "All right, I'm out of here." But um, if you are in the community, like you see like all the messages where people. Are so much like this helped me get through the pandemic I was in a really dark place I didn't have a lot of people to talk to but this like really connected me to like a lot of my friends and family again it's like you don't want to disappoint those people and you want to keep making games for them because it does mean a lot to hear things like that
1: right yeah Um, I think part two of that question was also how do you go about juggling the sudden
2: influx of new community members that the growth brings (laughs) <laughs> both of you to assume that that we even know how to i think <laughs> i think it's very important to like recognize this isn't something that anyone plans for like you hope for success and you hope plan a little bit for success but especially for a game that was like hey we came out in 2018 and we thought we were done with this game um it is very to kind of kind of learn along the way um but when it comes to juggling this and influx of new community members, that's what I meant with the Inner sloth team, like h- having external partners to help them out with business development, with legal stuff. Um, they brought me on to help with the community. But even then, I have a lot of help, right? We have player support that helps us. The moderators in our Discord are people I would die for at this rate because they've helped so much. Um, it is a group effort and it is not something that is easily done. That's for sure. Yeah.
1: Um, How, sorry, this is not a question that was asked, but in terms of that, how do you communicate with the huge like outsourcing of the people that you, um, they're like in your, like the moderators or on um, player support and stuff like that. How do you handle that communication? I feel like that's so much to do.
2: It is, it is so much to do. And I mean, like that's my job, right? Uh, It's not just like tweeting as many people tend to think. (laughs) <laughs> uh it is that that is the outward facing thing you see but um a lot of my time like today I spent 50% of my work day actually handling like this mod thing that came up within our discord it is a lot of these things and having to try and make time for everything um and honestly sometimes like doing things during meetings or in between meetings um but overall it's like the good thing about having the small having me just handle communications is that for me at least it's like. I can give out a consistent message to people and be like, "Hey, this is what I want you to say. This is what I want it to sound like." And Write something, send it back to me, I'll check it over, and then like we'll workshop it basically. Um, right. So there's like only like one point of communication, and the fact that it is only one point of communication means that not the message isn't lost between like you know several different right. people.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can see how that could um, handle a lot of miscommunication as well. Mm. Um, so another question is, what
2: is a rest day? Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? I'm joking. Please take rest days, please take weekends. It's very important to not burn out for sure. Um, but I understand it's, it's difficult. Everyone is learning as we go.
1: Okay. Um, and another question is, I'd love to know what are the challenges of handling such a global community in terms of languages and cultures?
2: Yeah. This is actually where having like a very um diverse and inclusive like, you know, kind of studio setup is very important and a- I, and I mean that including our partners and stuff. Um, it is very important, especially again, like I said, like Among Us found a lot of success overseas um, that we have the ability to kind of understand like where everyone's coming from. Um, mm-hmm. I do use a social media tool, Sprout, uh, that gathers a lot of information like from other languages and I can see the volume of them. I can't necessarily understand it myself, um, but we do have like uh, partners that work with, uh, we do have partners that also have overseas partners that help us out with everything with understanding kind of the vibe of the community, um, how people are talking about it, what people are talking about. So just being able to connect with those people is really important. Um, And yeah, it's, it is, a lot of challenge in terms of like figuring out what people are talking about when you don't necessarily understand it yourself and you lose a lot of the context. But that being said, there's often people around you that can help out whether you're partnering with people, whether it's another moderator that understands something. Um, But yeah, it's going to always be a challenge. (laughs)
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, Especially with such a global game, of course. Um, How long does it take for you to do a TikTok video?
2: oh god that's actually a good question it takes a lot of time (laughs) way more time than people think it does um especially when you want it to be like perfect and whatever Mm -hmm. Uh, so it depends on what the tiktok is it depends on the trend um and it depends on like how many i guess like costume changes you need in it for example uh but i would honestly say it can take me like two to three hours to make a 15 second tiktok again depends on what it is if it involves me, sometimes it takes more time. If it involves me just editing a video, it takes less time. Right, all the best. Wow. Um,
1: shoot, I guess I would, I would never known it takes two to three hours. <laughs> That's insane.
2: It, yeah, I mean, it's, it's hard to like really put a time on it sometimes because right. it depends on again the idea like. Is it something that I've had to like kind of just sit and think about for a while? Is it something that just came to me? Is it a really quick trend? Is it something that involves more editing work? That sort of thing. Yeah, okay.
1: So our next question is, can you walk us through the feedback pipeline from players through to the developers?
2: Mm-hmm. Um, so it really depends on where it's coming from. Uh, for example, I can usually tell when something is going drastically wrong. <laughs> when I check Twitter, I check Discord, I check TikTok, I check like whatever. And I'm mm. like, okay, everyone's telling me that the servers are down, uh, something's happening. That's usually, <laughs> that doesn't usually require that much. Um, in terms of like, when I just like, I'm looking for feedback, when I'm looking for bugs, um, we have a Discord that has like, you know, a place to put in bugs. Um, that's usually pretty easy to see, but. Often with games and when you work in social media and community management, you see a lot of repeat things. Like a lot of people will say things um, and, and they'll repeat it. And it will be different people completely unrelated to each other like repeating the same things and then you're like okay you kind of get in your mind especially if you're if you're just one person um you're like okay i can see this constantly repeating i can tell this is a problem this is something that i need to bring up this is a concern um there are social media tools out there again um for example like if you use sprout like they have some listening tools where it's like they can conglomerate uh basically all the mentions of your game and like what is the words that are being said alongside it. So I I know a lot of people are talking about the map because like people keep saying airship, people keep saying map, people people keep asking when. Um, That's that's all that. So the feedback pipeline isn't something that is super formal um, just because as an indie team, it doesn't need to be. Um, It would waste more of my time and their time if I wrote like an entire report and everything for a small indie studio, basically the easiest thing is for me to just Come up to them and be like, "Hey, I've seen a lot of concerns about this, or I think someone brought up a really good concern. Here's the here's the deal,
1: <laughs> right? Um. So our next question is: I was wondering, what place does the memes take in maintaining the community? Do the student does the student create some yourself, or is it all the hands in the hands in the community? Sorry, I know was-
2: yeah, <laughs> no, no. Well good. Um the memes are something that the community creates. Uh I don't actively try to make them. Um I sometimes accidentally make one just <laughs> because like it just happens. Like you'll say something, then they'll roll along with it. Um but the memes itself I think are just an easy way to continually engage the community. Um whether or not you actually post them yourself or if you engage with them. Again, this is all dependent on the kind of community voice that you have, right? So, you know, you can see a lot of indie studios putting out memes out there and it's a really fun way to engage with the brand, um, but it's not necessarily like, you know, you're not do- you're not using memes to sell something necessarily. What you're doing with memes is to engage with people and to get them talking, to get them interested, to continue, you know, the conversation. Uh, it is not the like, here's a meme, buy my game (laughs) it's just like this is a fun thing that i want to connect with you with um so i don't necessarily create memes it depends on what you call a meme right also there's that uh i will create posts and i will create content that is funny but i wouldn't necessarily consider it a meme because it's not like that super viral content uh that other people may post um but Again, it depends on how you feel about memes. I tend to stray away from them from for Among Us just because we have the community create so many of them that it there really isn't the need. But when I worked at Kit Fox, like I would create them myself.
1: Yeah. I also think it's important, like I know for me and for many other people, when you come across a VARA meme that you don't understand, it just builds like intrigue and it like like allows you to investigate what the game is. And sometimes that does build the community as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so our next question is. How much should a small team of five allot to marketing slash community management?
2: That is again it depends. <laughs> Sorry. That's no. my answer for everything. This is why. This is why it's really hard to explain the job. Um, yeah. but it depends, right? So if you are a team of five, how big is your game? How big is your community? Um, how many games have you released? All that kind of thing. Uh so for example, like my When you say a team of five um my full-time job is to do marketing and community management so i would say a lot you should have one person that is solely committed to it we had in kitfox we were a team of nine and it was still my job to my full-time job to do community management and marketing Mm -hmm. right um granted i did a little bit more other stuff at kitfox um but uh i think no matter the team size, there should always be at least one person that has a dedicated role towards community management. It could be attached to other things if you're like you know if maybe you haven't released the game yet and it's smaller, but there should always be someone who has the community's best interests at heart and who is trying to consider how would the community react and not just like. I think we can get very caught up in like you know we all know we know how games are developed we know like what we think it's fun, but that's not necessarily translated to the casual player who's just browsing Steam. Um, so having someone, at least I would say at least like half their job, <laughs> at least um, dedicated yeah. to community management, in my mind would be perfect. In my mind, honestly, you would have again, someone, a sole person dedicated to it, but I understand <laughs> budgets and all that.
1: Right. Um. So the next question is do you automate any player feedback via the Innersoft Discord bots?
2: No. Uh we do automate some moderation. Um so like, you know, if you say really bad words or if you spam, you get warned automatically by the Innersoft Discord bots, but we don't automate any player feedback. I um like to have that player feedback be open and be uh something that we can interact with community members for um just because like especially when it comes to player feedback it I think one of the most important things in community management is that you need to make sure that players feel heard and that they feel like they matter and because Mm -hmm. they do and because they're putting in the time to give feedback even if it is something you've heard before um obviously like there's some things that you know you post and you're like, hey, we know about this, we know about this, we know about this. Um, But for me, like a lot of the engagement and I want a lot of the things that I want to encourage is player feedback and just player uh, engagement. Right. Um, Yeah. And then you
1: get that personal relationship as well, regard to a like more automated one. Um, (laughs) So how do you build a better studio culture fit when everyone is working remote?
2: This is more of a question, I think, for someone who actually owns a studio. I have never personally run a studio, for example, um, but things that I have seen working and things that I do consider work, uh, nice is that we have channels, for example, that you can just hop into and kind of work together. It's like, we call it like, accountability work just because like we just <laughs> want to be able to have a space that's like, hey, like if you just want to bring up something or if you want to see an artist drawing the next art thing, um, you just have it on the side and you know you just work silently beside each other. Um, and when it says, and when we say like studio culture fit like, you know, when you're hiring someone it's like, it's important to have the entire team kind of just like on board and talking to them. Um, not everyone will have very strong opinions but just to get a good sense of like, okay like how does it interact with each other? Um, and also, you know, just having channels and, and times in which all of you can just interact and talk with each other, uh, I think on Friday. It really it happened sort of randomly where we were all just in the same channel and we all decided to draw the same thing. Like we tried decided to try to draw all <laughs> the same meme in our own styles and it was very cursed, but very funny.
1: <laughs> oh, that sounds like so much fun. Um, so how do you balance retaining engagement in last game and planning for the next game if you're on a small
2: team and you wear many hats? How do you balance retaining engagement in okay okay uh yeah so this was something that i had to deal with in kitfox for example because we were often developing a game and we would publish games at the same time um and that's actually like why you build up your studio's brand not necessarily just a game brand um but your studio uh so kitfox it it was obviously like hey like here's like kitfox specific discord here's the kitfox specific Twitter, all that sort of thing. And this is the kind of thing you can expect from us. Um when you're on a small team and wear many hats, again, this is why I think it's very important to have someone whose job is purely community marketing, PR, that sort of thing. Um, again, this is demanding a lot of person. I think PR marketing are very different jobs. So maybe not, you know, having it all pressed onto one person, but having someone whose job it is to consider the brand and to consider how to build better community spaces is really important. Yeah. Um,
1: I think our next question is, how does having the game blow up affect the team emotionally and socially? And how is the atmosphere amongst the team affected by
2: such a big change? Yeah, we're tired. <laughs> <laughs> Death, is very tired um and i think that having the game blow up is something that again is very exciting and frightening and very scary actually uh, the atmosphere amongst the team i think is that again i think that i th- there's a misunderstanding of like what it means to blow up in that uh, maybe it's different maybe it's different for some other team but for the inner sloth team like when we blew it still doesn't feel real it still kind of feels like that we're just working with a game that has a cool um and that's about it it doesn't feel like any bigger than that it does oh like made a game that aoc streamed it's like To us, it's just, it's just, it's still among us. It is still a game that they care about and that they want to work on and that Mm -hmm. they love. Um, So I think that's kind of just what keeps it together is that you don't think about all the implications. You think about the game and what you had, like the values you had for it and the love that you had for it, and you like stick with that. Um, And not necessarily like, you try not to like let the outside pressure necessarily too much just because that can get you in a really weird headspace for sure um as for like how the atmosphere in the team has changed the way that has changed is just that they've hired more people like they've had they've hired me they've hired the new program but the atmosphere itself has still been like hey they've hired us for our skills for sure but also because they thought we they would be a good we would be a good culture fit for them they were um those three like knew each other since college so for a really okay. long time they're really close friends yeah um and bringing us on was like making sure that we fit the culture we all got along and that you know we had the same values and that's kind of how it's how it has continued to grow and so far, hopefully, continues mm-hmm. to be a good team atmosphere is that we that we know that we want the best for the game. Um and that we have the same values of like we want the game to not just become like this billboard ad for like we could have a bunch of we could slap on a bunch of corporate logos on it and get money for it, but it's not gonna do because we want to keep the integrity of the game intact.
1: Yeah. It seems really important to stay true to the game. Um, as well mm-hmm. I think okay next question is what advice do you have to others who want to get started in the marketing or community management side of the industry
2: yeah this um, one I think is to just figure exactly what you want to do marketing and community management are very different jobs Um, and also it depends on the studio right so if you're going with an indie Um, often those things could be a little bit tied together, but they're not necessarily the same in a big triple CEO, Those are completely different jobs. You are probably not touching, not touching too much of community management if you're in marketing and vice versa. And important thing to do is like, okay, how do you want to get started? It is to get real experience. So if you're in marketing, like, you know, working in market or either, um, figuring out like doing like the certifications. There's a lot of free online certifications you can do for marketing um, for community management. Like if you want to moderate a discord, if you want to moderate a Twitch chat, if, like, you know, volunteering to help out to get like real experience to know what it's like is very important. And as for like the more technical skills, those are things that you can just learn. And the best way to do that is to see what other job posts have. So like, let's say you want to work in a AAA studio, you check out the job posts that AAA studios put out for their community manager jobs, for their marketing jobs, and see what things that they require and work towards those things. Um, that's really helpful. Indie studios do the same thing, right? So yeah, that's, I, that's how I would say getting started is kind of the way to go. Yeah,
1: thank you for that. Um, so next question is, how do you deal with a younger crowd in your community? Any tips to ensure younger ages are properly onboarded while still making sure they follow the rules and protecting them from themselves?
2: Yeah, um, yeah, like things like that. So for example, um, in the game, it depends on where the space is. So for example, all social media platforms, the TikTok habit, I think they just implemented something. But for example, you can't be under 13 and have a Discord account. If they say they're under 13 and they have a Discord account, you have to ban them and you have to report it. It's just all part of like the terms of service. Um, same for Twitter. They can't be under 13 and have a Twitter account. Um, when it comes to the game itself, it's like things like ad- phone numbers are blocked. Um, addresses are blocked. Uh, it is something that is very important to keep in mind for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when it, and then like, let's say they're 13 or whatever. It's one of those things where, again, I think being the role model for the community that you want is really important. Um, there obviously are going to be places that you can't reach necessarily and that's unfortunate uh, especially when you have a very very large community Um, but when you properly onboard people it is basically laying out the rules rules are super important um, how you interact with them the way that you talk to them and the way that holding them accountable for things that they say so for example I think it is like one of the things where someone could say something that's kind of rude on Twitter and I'll respond to it but like and in, like, an extremely nicely way, an extreme, extremely nice way. And they'll be like, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't realize you were going to read that. And I was like, yeah, people read this. <laughs> um, so just honestly, sometimes just being like, hey, like, I'm a person is really a, a wake-up call for a lot of people. And again, you can't you can't know how old they actually are unless they say it. And the internet so just trying to understand like hey like this is the internet this is real consequences this is real people is really important
1: yeah um I had a question so when among us was coming out or the I guess within the past two years or so, did you expect to appeal to such a younger demographic or is that something that just happened um, by surprise in a way
2: definitely I mean i <laughs> of the answers for among us is it just happened by surprise yeah. again it's like um the game blew a way that nobody really expected uh and they had always wanted the game to be for like an older audience mm-hmm. sometimes things happen you're like oh well okay I guess this is happening
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah um I think I was reading and I love that among us takes aspects of very traditional games uh, like mafia or werewolf and like has built that into this huge community um that you can play online as well um and with that is it uh do you like is it hard to manage both like among us and like this huge following and then um inner sloth because i think it is very common for somebody to not necessarily know that inner sloth is the developers of among us
2: um yeah i mean it's it's kind of twofold, right? Like, I think the game will always be more popular than the brand itself. That right. is the nature of things. Um, people will, I don't know. It doesn't matter, like, honestly, how big your studio is, even if you're AAAs people will be like, I know Call of Duty, but not necessarily know the team behind it, especially when you just talk to, you know, someone who's right. um, more casually playing games and not necessarily within the game space themselves. Uh, so that is definitely a thing that happens and it's totally normal and totally fine. Um, I think one of the things is that uh, inner sloth has made other games right. and The other game that they made, the Henry Sickman collection is also like a game that has done well for itself. It came out before uh, Among Us blew up, let's say. But that's also because it was something that uh, Marcus, who is also known as, was something he worked on for like years. Again, he was working on it since high school. Um, So even then like, people, he had his own kind of community following and that is what helped out when they kind of made the studio Inner Sloth. Um, So there's a lot of factors that go into this for sure.
1: Right. Um, uh, This is just, I guess, a silly question. Do you like ever have the time to play Among Us now or is it just most of the time (laughs) you're in there like moderating or fixing bugs or whatever?
2: Yeah, I mean, we do play it sometimes <laughs> but not really for fun <laughs> like, yeah like we'll play it if like you know um there's like a charity stream going on we've done that for charity streams mm-hmm. uh we've um t- mm, to test to test out the game and to see like you know how people play it and all that but it is one of those things where like i have definitely not like if if a friend a friend group of mine is like do you want to play among us for fun i'm like no. <laughs> yeah. I already work on it. I don't need to exactly. play it anymore. I appreciate the game. I love it. But oh my goodness, I'm, my life is already filled with Among Us. So, yeah, know, um, I bet. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, it's it's definitely one of those things. Right, Hello, Jay. <laughs> oh, you're muted. You're muted, Jay. Oh,
3: you're no. muted. No. <laughs> <laughs> I always bust indie on that. And there I am. I'm doing it. All right. So my question, how do you deal with the psychological impact of, as a parent of realizing that your nine-year-old is a conniving little shit and lies very well when he's playing among us with his friend.
2: That is something only the parents can. uh, I am not a parent. I don't know. Good luck uh, knowing that your kid is a great, is a great murderer.
3: (laughs) A special kind of hurt when you're like, "All right, buddy, I'll stick around with you, and you know we'll run together." And then you I run would, off to do a task, and he just blood. Like, <laughs> kills you, and then starts cackling in laughter. You know, while this is he does this it.
2: seems very personal for you, yeah. yeah. I no mean, more personal. For <laughs> asking
3: for a friend. That's um, <laughs> that, This was fantastic, Victoria. Thank you for taking time to do this because I know you know from watching your your Twitter and your TikTok, you are busy, and it's. <laughs> also good so thank you very much thank
2: you for very honored to be here
3: (laughs) and rosie thanks for taking the pressure off me for an, an hour. So Andy and I, you know, were, we're able to do some work. I'm glad All right. out. So everybody wrapping up, you know, Victoria is when she has a spare minute, when she's not playing among us for fun, uh, is on our discord. If you have questions, you can always ask there. This is it for today. This is our last segment, but we got two more days of this coming up. And tomorrow we've got some really good ones. Um, Nathan Wolf's look at you know his first indie paycheck, uh, looking at monetization skills for motivation, building your indie life trap. Erica's going to talk about how indie teams can like work together to get stuff done and, and succeed and stuff. Uh, the game hers are back talking about the business of building a business. Uh, Kimberly Rodatos, who, if you don't know, every Thursday runs a completely live uh, pitch deck review session. So if you're pitching to a publisher and you wanted to look at it, come over to the Discord on Thursdays. Kimberly does that. She's going to be doing um, unit sales estimations and understanding if your budget is viable. Uh, we got a panel on there is life after funding denial. (laughs) Chase there's only two more i swear to god there's um (laughs) structured process for planning game audio in production and then bobby i'm gonna destroy that last name so bobby i'm gonna skip that uh how do you navigate the business and work environment in a post me too era Uh, I saw coming up tomorrow starting at nine o'clock in the morning when I have my coffee and that's it. Thank you both so much. And as always, if there's anything that we over here at Indie Game Business can do for you all, just let us know. And until then, see you all tomorrow.
1: Thank you.